Jimmy, what, what the hell are you doing out here on the sidewalk in a phone box? We're supposed to be at a popcorn counter. You didn't, you didn't get my message? I've been phoning you all night. I... I don't have my cell phone. I'm coming to the theater. I'm going to watch a movie. I don't want to have a cell phone. <laughs> How can with you me? leave the house without your cell phone? It doesn't oh make any sense. God. How well, could you even be alive right now? That's it, impossible. Oh, my God. Are we going to have a long conversation now about phones? Because we've got to get in there to see that movie. Uh, I, I've, I've put 10 pence into this phone. So, so I've got to make sure I get my three minutes worth. So I'm not going anywhere for the next three minutes. Well, I, I remember because I, back when I used to do um, stand-up, there was... Um, oh, uh, oh, I was struggling to remember. Oh, uh, Sally Ann Hayward, that's it. It was a comic called Sally Ann Hayward who used yeah. to do this material about how uh, if she wanted to feel this kind of really exciting frisson of daring, yeah. then she would leave the house without her mobile phone. Because, <gasps> my God, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was kind of funny in about this is about the year 2002 or something. It's, yeah. it's kind of unthinkable it's now, unthinkable, isn't it? How, yeah. who, would leave the, who would leave the house without their phone? Yeah. Well, this for me, what I've been thinking about a little bit is that um, when I was in university, we didn't have them. I'm that old where there was not, it wasn't even invented at that point, really. Um, you had to be where you said you were going to be when you were going to be there, you know? I mean, like, if you had a date or something like that, or you're going to meet up with friends, you just had to hold to your to accountability and be there, just get there. And you might have on a scrap of paper, you might have a couple telephone numbers in your wallet where you could call someone with a payphone. But, um, you know, that's, that's unthinkable to kids these days. You just, you know, you can text at the last minute and say, oh, I'm not coming. Ugh. <laughs> right? Or, oh, I'm in traffic or whatever. Um, so there was just this whole level of accountability that we don't have anymore. Um, I remember when a, a friend of mine got a pager. This is like just before <laughs> mobile phones came in. He had a pager. It was exciting. But you had to like phone this premium rate telephone number that's and then right. talk to a lady on the other end of the line yeah. and explain, spell out what your message was. Oh, God. Yeah, times have changed. <laughs> but um, one thing I've recently realized is that I have intentionally set a number of scripts, and Pub Guide's one of them, really, um, 2007, 8, or earlier, even earlier. Ah. And I think it's because I don't want to have phones in my scripts. Um, so Pub Guide right now, if we ever do a rewrite... You don't need a GPS system, for example, because it's on no, your phone. you're right. Yep. Or if you yep. get lost, you can find a pub by looking up its address. So, I mean, yeah. it's right on that line. And I another feature film that I wrote recently, I wanted, um, I wanted security footage, but I didn't want really good security footage. It had to be really rough. So it had, you have to be in that age when it was still put onto DVDs or something. Um, so it's about that VHS same time. Tape. And I also wanted really crappy phones to be able to film a couple scenes, but I didn't want a good film, a good phone, because a good phone would really clearly identify a culprit, right? But I wanted a crappy image, so you've got to go with a flip phone from about 2005 uh, or six. So I, I found myself setting things before um, the invention of the smartphone in particular, um, because I think it just makes for better storytelling. I, I read a script, um, I co read a script to a few years, about five years ago now called Car Share. Uh, which is like a slasher movie yeah. um, about a, a lift sharing website yeah. where you know you put your details about where you want to go and uh, people who are making the same journey will all chip in and it'll, oh, it'll sure. connect you all up and you'll share a, share a car journey together Ooh. and you, know, you save on the gas and you save on the, you know, you get to meet some new friends on the way. Um, but, you know, obviously one of the people who is in the car share is an axe murderer and he's got this kind of scheme to, and so he, he, uh. um, and and it was like a complicated setup because we had to get rid of everybody's mobile phone. Yeah. So he's he's the driver, and basically he buys everyone a coffee at the 
um, at the service station. He says, oh, let, let me get you a coffee. And so he drugs them all. So everybody else falls asleep in the car. Oh. And while they are asleep, he steals and destroys their phones. And this was absolutely necessary yeah. because... You know, otherwise, you know, the, the movie would be 15 minutes long yeah. and people you know, would have to get help or the police or Precisely. they'd know where they were and they'd yeah. be able to escape. Um, so you end up with you know, more and more elaborate schemes to get rid of the phones. Yeah. But I, yeah, time travel is the best one I've heard yet. Absolutely. All films should happen before 2005. Yeah, yeah. Problem solved. Oh, and you'll, you don't, you wouldn't need these clunky moments. How often in a film do you say, oh, no, I can't get service here? Or it has, a scene has to take place in a very remote area so that someone doesn't have service. Or, oops, I just happened to leave my phone on the train. Um, and there are all these just transparent uh, efforts at, at getting the film the phones out of the film. It's kind of uh, bizarre. It's where we are, though. Um Sometimes having a mobile phone can lead to an absolutely outstanding bit of um, cinema. The, the scene I'm thinking of, uh, I knew we were going to talk about phones, and yeah. I was just thinking, oh, what my favourite phone scenes in movies. Yeah. Have you seen Lost Highway, um, the David Lynch movie? Not in 30 years, yeah. Uh, and there's this fantastic scene in there, because you know, that was kind of produced when mobile phones were really pretty new still, cell phones yeah. were new. Um, and... Uh, uh, is it Robert Loggia? That's it, I think. Yeah, no, Robert Blake. Robert, Robert Blake. Blake, yeah, yeah. Who, who plays who plays this kind of mysterious guy? Oh. Um, and uh, you know, and he tells the protagonist, you know, um, "Oh, I'm at your house right now." And he produces this phone and kind of says, "You know, phone me." Um, and so uh, the, the guy you know, phones his own home num- number, oh. and then Robert Blake, you know, picks up. up the phone, even though he's standing in front of him now. Yeah. Oh and I think God. he says on the phone, he says something like, see, I told you I was at your house. <laughs> now give me back my phone. Menace, yeah. <laughs> and it's such a great spooky scene. Yeah. It's really seared into my mind. It is possible to make great cinema that wouldn't be possible without mobile phones. I think so. But it's yeah, few and far between. Think of all those uh, on Hitchcock films, some of the old black and whites where someone <laughs> cuts the wire to the house. That happens in Cape oh, Fear yeah. too, maybe, I think. I mean, that's a great way of eliminating the phone and just amping up the anxiety for the viewer and the, and the characters. So, so I think of that. Well, what's, what's that cliche in um, Scream that gets repeated so often? Is it the, the phone call is coming from inside the house? Oh, yeah. I love that. But you try and explain that to young people now. What do you mean? Of course, it's coming from inside the house. It's, what's weird about <laughs> that? True. I don't understand. What? Oh, I know. That takes away the like the scariest thing that happens in all those horror films is no longer possible. <laughs> um, so I've just, I've just had a lot of frustration. And then I'm starting to see some of the really bad things. Like uh, there's so many films uh, now that have text messages come up on screen, right? You're like, you've got to show the text. You've got to show who's calling. And what filmmakers might not understand is that a lot of people are watching this stuff on phones. So you can't (laughs) see an image of a phone on a phone. It's just this awful like mirror image of nonsense. And I've got bad eyes anyway. I mean, I can see my eyes losing their capacity. Um, but I mean, to see, I can't read a text message. I don't go to a film to watch a text message on screen. So, uh. I don't know whether you saw the Marvel series at Ms. Marvel. They make you know, a really big thing about trying to inventively show text messages between the characters. So no. the text messages come up on street signs and they're written on the sidewalks or on the road. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Okay. You know, and they kind of do their best, but it, the, the only problem is it just takes you right out of the story yeah. every time you see it. I hear you, yeah. It's like you're reminded, oh, yeah, I'm sitting at home watching TV. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, uh, the cardinal sin, isn't it? Yeah. Really, you know, the cinema, TV, it's about transportation. And if you can't do that, if you remind people that they're back home, then you failed. Yeah. I think um, what, probably the biggest problem is that um, 
you can now know anything instantly anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, you so many great moments come out of cinema where you don't know what to do and you can't just watch a YouTube video to figure out how to change that tire <laughs> on your car or how to take a knife out of a body, how to beat a shark. You know, you, you can't just text and or text a friend to find out or you can't look on the, on the Internet with your phone. So it so much great cinema comes out of people struggling to do things when they're not prepared. But now with phones, we... We can do anything at any time, really. We can be anywhere at any time. And I think that that's a problem for film. I guess it's also impossible to be an imposter these days, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, you can't turn up pretending to be David Smith. Yeah. Because you can look up David Smith and see what his Instagram page is like. <laughs> yes. And you know instantly, oh, you're not David Smith. He looks like this. I, I work with a David Smith. You know David Smith? <laughs> oh, my God. It's a small world. Yeah. Do you remember... Um, your Christmas or mine, you mentioned this. Um, oh, yeah. There's this moment where the character's looking for his girlfriend's house, and he's not <laughs> using Google Maps, so instead he pays five five pounds to each of these two <laughs> kids to tell him where he's supposed to be, and he's already on the street. Um, <laughs> y- there's no reason to be lost anymore, which yeah. is terrible. You need to be lost. He's time travel back to 2005 as well. Yeah. I've, I've got a question for you, actually, about when you're writing yeah. a, um, a scene with a telephone conversation in. Yeah. This is um, this I think is as big an issue, and it gets people as emotional as the question about whether you should have um, a double space after a period or a single space after a period. I've argued with so many people about this, but um, here's my question: is <laughs> when you when you write a telephone conversation, yeah, do you write um, so the audience hears both sides of the call, or do you write it so the audience only hears the side of the call? that they could hear if they were in the room with the actor. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I hate writing phone calls. I think it's just... Uh, for, for me... <laughs> the texts instead. Yeah, for me, the bigger issue is how do you make a phone call visually interesting so it's something happening in the uh, background or the space where they're taking the call. Um, I think I always write it assuming that you're doing not a split screen but maybe a back and forth, I don't like intercutting between the two locations. Ah, um, right, I like okay. the idea of, yeah, not letting the viewer know what's happening on the other side, although very often you have that um, that off-screen voice sort of coming through the receiver and you can hear at a diminished volume the other side of the conversation. Huh. What, what, what's your take? How do you do it? I, I've, I've tried to make a rule of, uh, of never showing the, the other side of the conversation. Yeah. And, so and you only hear the words that are spoken by the person who's in the same room as the camera. And you, you don't even it. hear the other side of the conversation? No, you maybe hear in the background, but but yeah, but you, you don't hear it over the speaker. Yeah. You don't hear this kind of diminished voice. You don't hear any of that. Yeah. So it's just like a, like a real... And I think the main reason I do that, I yeah. don't know whether you've ever seen the Hal Hartley film Amateur, which yeah. is, I don't know, probably from 19... I'm going to guess here, 1998, yeah. something like that, um, which I think has one of my favourite ever phone call scenes yeah. um i think it's i know i and i cannot remember the main meat of the the reason why this scene happens yeah um or even what the, the character is discussing but it's um this woman and she uh takes a phone call and you only hear her side of what she says to the person on the other side and i think it's something to do with a kidnapping or a ransom or something like that okay but um you could only tell what she hears by the way that her face changes and you know, and the reply she gives down the phone, and it's ah. just absolutely brilliant, masterful scene. And it oh, goes, nice. you know, she goes through all these changes and all these plot developments happen, and you only hear it from her side. Mm. Um, 
and I think that's I think that's the way that all phone calls should be done. Yeah. Because this is how we see other people have phone calls in the real world. Yeah. I, I think you you've hit on something there. I think that if if there's someone in the room or in the space where the where the one person is talking, so that we're almost just standing for the that person's almost just standing for the viewer, then it sort of makes sense to sort of hear at least through the receiver the other side of the phone call. But you've got a point. I think that if there's no one else in the room, then it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to give the the audience access to that other information. It's certainly it's, you could certainly use that as a story point to only keep that um, uh, that information to the protagonist or whoever is on screen at that time, but not have the other side of the conversation there. Yeah, I think the thing is it makes it much more interesting, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and to me, that's sort of the point. It's like so much great story comes out of either misunderstanding things or under-understanding things, but yeah. now there's less of that because, hell, we can know anything at any time. We can always just call <laughs> someone to, to understand, oh, well, how do you make those cookies? You know, I mean, it's just you don't have to look in a recipe book anymore or run down to the corner and, or knock on your neighbor's door to find out. You just make the cookies. You just look it up online or you call your mother and you, you know how to make the cookies. So I just think it sort of makes people less active in a sense. They don't have to learn stuff. We don't have to spend yeah. time learning things, which is, you know, that classic montage of learning how to do something. No, you just look at the damn YouTube video and you're, you're done. That's it. I did such a 20th century thing this evening, actually. Um, after we had dinner tonight, for some reason, uh, the question came up of um, where does the word meringue come from? Oh, yeah. And we have a culinary encyclopedia in the house. So I said, oh, I've got an encyclopedia. Let's look it up. And the children were you know, utterly gobsmacked that I was opening a book to find yeah, this yeah. out. Oh, what is the point of that? I just know. ask Google. And film is so illiterate already so that now it's just going to be less and less literate. Um, I will say there's one great thing that has come out of uh, phones and film, and that is in this day and age, you can basically make a film on a phone. People have done it. Yeah. The quality is good enough. You see advertisements for people, you know, making great films on uh, phones. It's possible. So that is the one, ironically, that is the one great thing about uh, phones and film. It's both great and terrible, isn't isn't it? Because yeah. if anybody can make a feature film, there's always the worry then that you know, I, I, I do worry that there may be outstanding, astonishing, low budget films being made, which just will never get the penetration. Yeah. Because, you know, someone has made them on a phone and, you know, they get lost in the mire of the other 2000 films that yeah. people have made on phones and they will never make it to my eyes. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the problem, how to solve that problem. We, well, ha- we have distribution through YouTube, but. How do we solve that problem of actually, you know, appearing above the quagmire? I got to say, it's not a problem for us as podcasters because we <laughs> need more crap films to review. So I look at it as job security. If we get into the theater to watch this next film, it's job security. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've had my three minutes. If we putz around here on the corner, do you have anything else to say about your phone and your phone booth and phones and films? We could order popcorn with it. Is there an app for that? There is. Oh, I left my phone at home.